All right, where arts and adventure summits the airwaves, this is the Ogden Arts and Adventure Show. I'm R. Brandon Long, along with Todd Obendorfer, and we are your hosts for the greatest podcast in all the land. Would like, John's got his head down. John Wojcikowski, the band is back together. What is going on? John is on a podcast with Brandon and Todd. Uh, welcome back, John. Thank you. We're like on the, the Kiss Farewell tour that'll last uh, 40 years. <laughs> this is it though. Like this is the farewell. This is the farewell. It's gonna take forty years to say goodbye. And then next year's the farewell farewell. Uh, also in none of us gonna live forty more years. That's the that's the What? Farewell. What? <laughs> I take offense to that. Forty we're, more years? Forty more years, I'm gonna be dead and gone and no way. Yeah. If we're taking bets, yes, I would probably put you first. I probably would. You guys will be here like in 20 years telling the bear story about, you know, John getting eaten and <laughs> there's this, you know, little scats with a piece of John. It's because when you were like 85, <laughs> you picked up another sport, just something. <laughs> That's <greater>. probably <laughs> what it would be. Yeah. Because yeah. he's yeah. healthy now and the way we're going. It'll be activity related death probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Most sure. likely. I tell people, if it, just to jump into the cycling thing right now, you know, the way I will die is uh, getting hit on uh, Skyline Drive in the uh, Ogden neighborhood over there by uh, Shadow Valley. And Which, is that 25 miles an hour? It's 25, but sometimes the driver, specifically in Subarus with the coexist sticker, can be a little <laughs> homicidal. <laughs> specific. Very specific. Yeah, there. yeah. Are you yeah. guys aiming for the bicycles? I think so, yeah. They get they buy the Subarus from Young Subaru, and then they put the coexist sticker as a decoy, uh-huh. thinking, oh, well, this is a decoy. Yeah. yeah. It's people, because all those yeah. stickers, they cover all the view, so you <laughs> save the planet yeah. stickers yeah. and the kids see the bicycle. Yeah. I didn't see it except for the coexist sticker right in my line of sight. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, with that note, uh, James, welcome to the, the program here. Uh, we have executive director, is that correct? Executive director, that's okay. right. On stage Ogden. Yeah. On stage Ogden, uh, James Frederick. He did say two last names for his last name. Two James first Frederick. names. That's right. Two yeah. first names yeah. for his last name. And also aspiring gravel bike uh, champion. So we will get to that. <laughs> As, as well, uh, James. First of all, welcome to. Did Ogden. you describe me as like podcast champion? I think you're just throwing champion out there. I might as well. I think we're all champions in this, in what we do. In what we do here. Well, thank yeah. you. I appreciate. That. I mean, if there's a competition, you're a champion. I'm a champion. Yeah. You're, everyone yeah. gets to be a champion. If if I'm the Oprah of podcasting, everyone here is a champion. So. Uh, which I am obviously not. <laughs> James has been in Utah, been in Ogden for 13 months, I think, is what you said. Yeah, we got here last November. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, first impressions of Ogden? Super digging it. Uh, it's funny, my first impression of Ogden like, was actually a van session, believe it or not. What? Uh, my interview when I was here uh, was the first week of August. And so, like, I'm, like, interviewing the town, like, as much as I'm being interviewed, right? And sure. uh, so, I was, my last night here was the first Friday, and I just had my time to kind of, like, run up and down. Wayne Coyne was out there doing uh, the art stuff. There was a van that session. Was, that was a weekend there, yeah. It was, it was, it was like, kind of bizarrely awesome. And yeah. there was a sold-out twilight that night, and um, I was walking down 24th, and, like, as I passed by a building... They like unveiled a mural with like confetti on the side of the parking garage, all on like yeah. the same. And I'm just like, wow. 
<laughs> yeah. Ogden, yeah. That's come, usually come get some, yeah. like a t- random Tuesday here, but <laughs> I'm glad you were able to witness that. Yeah, no, it was like the perfect, like, you know, perfect, like, Friday night out for yeah. me. Like, first night, first first week in Ogden. Like, that would have been, like, I a good recruitment back. night. Yeah, to, well, like, yeah, here to I try am, to yeah. get you officially into town. Mm-hmm. Let's line up a mural opening. Let's do a van session. Let's get a twilight going. And then did you did you find some good food? Totally, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I went to... Uh, where did I go? Rooster? Yeah, a couple places on 25th. Yeah, yeah. Well, we didn't plan any of that, really, for for, for you specifically. But Don't that tell was him a that. Good, Don't I know. tell him that. You stay long enough, though, you'll see the, uh, uh, remember the, the only in Ogden guy, what was his name? We interviewed him one time, but he started it because. Uh, Brian. He, yeah. Brian. Jo- uh, that was a long Smith. time ago. Yep. Brian J. Smith. Yeah. Only in Ogden. and Joseph. Joseph. Yeah. As in the Joseph Smith. Yeah. Not the Joseph Smith, but the Joseph Smith. But uh, you stay here long enough, you'll start seeing uh, uh, Ogdenites, you know, loading cows into uh, uh, Priuses, and and then you'll have uh, the epiphany to start the only in Ogden. So anyway, keep your lookout for that. Welcome back to the program, John (laughs) Wojcikowski. I love it. We're going to go on tangents for the next nine and a half hours. Uh, So James was in Alaska, and you were, what's your job, I guess? While in Alaska? Yeah. Uh, working for organizations comparable to, super similar to Onstage Ogden, there as a community engagement director, which is like, um, in charge like the fundraising, getting artists outside of schools and uh, outside of the concerts and like into schools and community work like that, and then got to be involved in like lots of different aspects of the organization that like led me to being like, you know, the right the right background to be an executive director someplace else. So, did was there like a LinkedIn call? How did you see that ah. on stage Ogden needed help here? So, uh, I tried to be involved, and in, I've had, you know, uh, the benefit of being involved with a lot of our regional and national organizations that kind of like represent what we do. And I was frequenting one of their uh, job uh, postings, the Western Arts Alliance. They 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 do this work like all over the West, and I saw on stage Ogden. And my wife and I knew like we knew we wanted to stick in the Mountain West. We knew we wanted to be like someplace like near an airport where we can get around pretty quick. And um, the kind of organization, you know, like it's not a, we don't own a venue, right? We could just get to focus like solely on the performances. So like all of those three things lined up with Onstage Ogden. So like threw, threw, threw my hand in the ring. So when you were doing your research on Ogden, because I, yeah. I have no doubt that you did, where'd you go? What'd you find out about before you came and, and was it, you know, was it blowing smoke or was it, you know, what was the impression? <laughs> no, from? that's super interesting. Because yeah. when I'll visit a place, <laughs> sometimes it matches up pretty true. And sometimes I'm like, you wrote that. Like somebody from the city wrote that. And yeah. That's no, funny. I, like I probably did like three websites in this order. One, it was the Onstage Ogden website. See what's going on there, right? Yeah, probably uh, a good place to start. Good place to start. <laughs> You're applying for the job. Uh, like the second website would have been Trail Forks, which is where you check out the mountain bike trails. Oh, so just yeah. immediately it's like, I, it's, I know Utah's got good mountain biking. Does this place? Check that out. Uh, and then uh, then uh, this website called Wikipedia. If you, guys, if you guys have checked that out. We know Wikipedia well. That's our research source. Yeah. Everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, uh, you know, that's something I took for granted for a long time and never thought about is the Salt Lake International Airport. Because I have, I was, long story, but my vehicle was being repaired in Idaho, like an hour away from Yellowstone. Which like is how long is this Four story? hours from here. Like, I'm almost done. Okay, good, okay. Good. <laughs> And the mechanic said... I've got to catch a flight and I got to drive. So wait, so you've got to drive four, five hours because you got to go to catch a flight out of the salt. Because in there's there's airports in that hole, but not 
big enough that they would fly so salt lake international i'm like oh yeah i thought an hour drive was rough like that could you imagine driving four or five hours so i respect because i wouldn't have even thought of that before like last year that you got to be it pays to live close to an airport totally. if you like to go places yep 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 Especially like coming from someplace like Anchorage, right, where you're just kind of like out there on an island, right? Like great airport, yeah. but like connecting through Seattle for everything. For yeah. everything. Yeah, everything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Seattle's nice. But Seattle's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, on stage Ogden, uh, you started about 13 months ago then, I'm assuming. Yeah. Like first week, November. Uh, you know, it was interesting to come in. You know, the, the whole concert world, right, is just, like, in this super weird spot, especially last year. You yeah. know, thinking, like, November 2021, it's kind of, like, kind of reemerging. Audiences are kind of coming ma- back. Some concerts are masking. Some concerts are canceling. Some concerts are, like, halfway mm-hmm. through. So it was, like, super interesting time to come down here and um, start to change things up. Uh just in terms of like how it was going to evolve out of that, right? Um, I would say like last year we kind of had a, a little bit of an abridged season. Like it wasn't a full slate of programming. I think we were doing uh, like seventy percent capacity for audiences, and 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 really, and we're we're getting back to it now. Like we were we were having like less capacity than that anyway, just because like people weren't really like necessarily like ready to be back in in mm-hmm. those enclosed spaces yet. But uh, we're we're seeing a lot of improvement on that now. So it was interesting you mentioned. We don't have you don't have a venue to worry about. Yeah, so that takes some weight off your shoulders. So what do you what do you focus on as far as the performance goes? Well, it takes weight off our shoulders. It also like lends some creativity to it too, because we're not yeah. just like tied to one place. Like historically, we're at we're at Weber State, uh, the Val Browning Center over there. It's a great facility. Uh, we love working with them. The fourteen hundred seat auditorium over there. Like if we're bringing something like the Symphony, if we're bringing something like Ballet West up to come do the Nutcracker, uh, it's going to be over there, right? We're also been working really well with. Uh, with Peary's Egyptian Theater with the county. Super interesting venue. Like, walk in the lobby. It's just bonkers the first time you see it. It's great. Uh, and then we've also been doing some stuff here at the Monarch. Uh, you know, w- when we're here, we're trying to get, you know, like, between, like, 150, 300 people upstairs to see something, like, a little different, a little outside of their, uh, a little outside of their comfort zone. Um, yeah, I'm sick of hearing about the Monarch. Let's talk about the... Uh... <laughs> 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 I'll talk about the Egyptian a little bit more. Okay, so th- when you first saw the Egyptian, Piri's Egyptian, what, what was your reaction to that? Because that is a unique theater that is, I mean, that's that's probably one of our most historic buildings in town. Um, yeah, it was great. Give the me first, that first impression when you walked in those doors. Especially because the first time I saw it, I think I kind of got to walk into it just like two of us, right? Because I was there for like a tour, right? Walk in and, um, I mean, I'd never seen anything like it, right? Uh Never seen anything anywhere like that. Um, super ornate, just so totally different. And then, favorite part of it is, um, I think they had, when I saw it, they had just done a huge lighting revamp, uh, put a ton of money into it, and like a really solid investment. That that the dome above the audience, right? And yeah. I can like it'd be like a beautiful night sky or whatever they want it to become. And, like, and somewhat acoustic. new seats. I think the seats were replaced somewhat recently. They just did the seats, yeah, yeah. and like great acoustics in there. It's it's a really cool. All the facilities we get to work on are very cool, and, and that's, yeah, certainly. It's like a gem for Ogden. It, it's it's a super interesting. Kind of to continue that thought, and I'll let you jump in just a second. When you are checking out spaces, right? Sure. So when you're getting to know a community, and you're obviously looking for, you're, you're also scouting locations, right? Like, where can I set up a trio? or Because sure. there are some spontaneous performances. Well, I say loosely spontaneous. They're not, they're, they're different scale. Sure, yeah. You, yeah. you do different scale. Do you find yourself sort of looking at those spaces a little differently? 
Uh, I would certainly. Um, just like in general, being in this business kind of like ruins going to concerts for you <laughs> in a certain way, right? Like whether you're like looking at the space, like hmm, could could like cr could crowd traffic be better over here? Or like is the concessions okay? Or just in general, like would I book this band? Uh, uh, it's it's like a. It's a good, good problem to yeah, have. No, it's, it's a, a good and it's bad. It's a fun problem to have. I'm looking behind the curtain. Did you have something you were going to say? Yeah, what is it? I'm curious. You know, just a business idea. I don't know if it happens so much anymore, but uh, I remember back, uh, like, Eric Jaime or Scott Jaime had, a like, a movie premiere there. Scott, yeah. Yeah. What does it cost to book that place these days? A few thousand dollars? A couple hundred dollars? Or what? what? It's, thousands it's, and thousands? It, it, uh, it's, it's on the county... Uh, they have different roles for like different like whether you're a commercial person, whether you're a nonprofit, whether you're an individual coming in there, uh, whether it's free or whether it's ticketed. So it's kind of all over the place. Um, honestly, I'd say for like what you get, like any of the venues we get to work with are fairly affordable, especially when they're working with somebody that's like nonprofit, community minded, and like trying to make cool things happen in the community. We, we have like really good luck working with all of our venues. That's a very ed answer. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, we got another politician here. That's a, well, that's a good answer. I like that. It is a good answer. Yeah, I would have said like say eight hundred bucks, man. Okay, so you're at thirteen months. I just started a new job. I'm about three and a half, yeah. months, something like that, into it, and so I'm still learning the ropes. Probably for uh, I'll be honest, probably another six months or so. And so, at thirteen months. You've got mostly, you got the job down pat for the most part, Oof. right? I mean, you've seen a year, you've seen an unusual year maybe, but you've yeah. still seen a year. And so you're probably getting to the point where you're starting to, to, you're starting to think a little bit more about possibilities, right? So they brought you in for the different perspectives that you might have. Sure. Yeah. And so have the gear started to turn? You got anything secret that you can reveal for us today? Do I have anything secret? Any ideas? Any anything that would just be off the charts? Is well, Andrew no, laughing <laughs> up there? <laughs> well, no, it's, it's only that like the decisions you make have so take so long to have any effect, right? So like mm. this season, so that when I say the season, like our our, our 2022, 2023 fall and spring season, right? So I probably got to program, got to book, you know, a third of it. Uh, another chunk of it was stuff that's like rescheduled still from COVID. And then another chunk of it is stuff, basically the Utah Symphony says like, hey, this is when we're available to come to Ogden. And like we just kind of, we take them when, when we can get them, right? Uh, it's like this thing you put out in the world and you really don't know the results for like another, like honestly, like 18 months. Sounds about right. Yeah. Right, Just in terms of like when the cycle happens. So like every every concert, every day, every concert, you're like, oh, little, little feedback. It's like, oh, the community's responding to this. Or the community's not responding as much to this, so uh, you kind of like need to hold your trajectory if you feel good about like what we're doing. Like, like for example, we've got um, you know concerts coming up in the next couple of weeks. We, we got one Saturday night, uh, Mariachi Herencia de Mexico. Uh, uh, it's a it's a mariachi group. It'll be at Piri's Saturday night, and um, we knew going into it, you know, like that that's we wanted to start attracting those kind of audiences to Piri's more often. And uh, so, like, what does that look like for the next two to three years? So whether this Saturday was going to work out or not, we're already looking at, like, what that looks like two to three years out in that, like, we, we want to continue that trajectory. Um, it's so, like a totally roundabout answer, no, answer to your No, but that's the question, sexy side of planning ahead 18 months. Yeah. Are, yeah, no, true that. Are you, do you have a timeline? Are you going to be here to see the fruits of your labor? Uh, well, I'm missing the concert this Saturday. No, uh, I mean, like, two years from now. Three years from now, like, do you have a timeline in your head? Like, how long you plan to be with 
in the current position? Is this like a long haul thing? So oh, this is yeah. This, everything. This, yeah, this where is do you see yourself in five years? Yeah. Oof, man, we're just yeah. like the life question. Yeah. No, oh, no, I, life question. We, no, yeah. we see ourselves. Uh, we see ourselves here in uh, the next five years. Like we we bought a house downtown. We wanted to be we wanted to be close uh, to everything that's going on down here. My wife got an awesome, super lucky. My wife got an awesome job when she came in. She's working over at uh, Parker Hannifin. Uh, so yeah, no, we're digging in for the long term. Uh, I am bummed. I'm going to miss this weekend's concert. Uh, as tomorrow morning, I fly to New York for our uh, annual booking conference, uh, where like everybody from like all around the country goes out there, and like it's an arduous week of meeting all day and seeing shows all night. Room full uh, of bookies. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> all right, different bookies. Oh, different, different bookies. Different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that so, should be a fun trip. No, it's a super fun trip. Uh, it's it's like super tiring. You like get your meetings all day, and then you see shows all night, and like I'm like oh. Talk to my wife Nicole. I'm like Nicole. I'm so tired. She's like, I have no sympathy. Zero sympathy for yeah. this. Yeah, it sounds super fun. So when you tell when you tell people you're the executive director for On Stage Ogden, and they say, well, "What's On Stage Ogden?" What's your what's your answer? Uh, okay. Oftentimes, if somebody's asking me that from in Ogden, they're going to know our organization as having been called the Ogden Symphony and Ballet Association. That was our name up until uh, like mid 2019. Yeah. Uh, so 1949 organization starts to bring the Utah Whoa. Symphony. 1949. 1949. That yeah. Was a long time. 1949, founded to bring the Utah Symphony solely to bring the Utah Symphony up the road to Ogden, right? Which is, which is a super unique relationship around the country. Like, I've not seen another relationship like this around the country uh, where, like, a world-class symphony like that is, like, coming regularly to a community of this size. Like, hmm. it's 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 a, it's an awesome asset. And, it, and it's a nonprofit, so it was formed through a nonprofit to bring the yep. symphony up to Ogden. Yep. Yeah, it, 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 it was a couple super-motivated women back in the day that said, like, we, our, our organiz our 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 community deserves to have this up here, and we're going to figure out how to make it happen. Founded Let's by be women, of course. So super many. motivated women. Super That's motivated. Super everything. motivated, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. we could make a short list of things that were created by men. It's <laughs> very short. And it's probably like... Well, we just had on, on uh, Michelle and, and Reba. Michelle started OFO. And I mean, example, you know, yeah. it's like, yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. So... It's true. Continue, yes. Yeah, uh, and, and really, the symphony had only been around, I think, like four years prior to that. So, like, just only a few years after them being founded, it's like, okay, they have, they have to come to Ogden. Uh, you know, it goes on for a few decades. Uh, we add, um, at some point, Ballet West uh, comes into the fold, uh, you know, the Salt Lake Ballet Company. Uh, about 10 years ago, they started adding some, like, touring, touring pieces. And really, there was a pivot about two or three years ago to really increase what that like touring artist footprint looks like here in terms of like the artists we're bringing from from out of state more regularly uh and i'm coming from an organization that did that solely like we we had a local symphony we weren't necessarily bringing bringing the symphony separately uh, i'm coming from an organization that did a lot of the national touring stuff so um i, I the trajectory was already there pre-covid but because of that kind of pause suddenly we have like a lot more national acts uh looking at our, at this season and certainly in seasons beyond well, if you haven't realized this yet, we, the trailer is full of full has two EDs in here right now, uh, right? Oh, right. Yeah. Screw, screw. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you, is your position executive director or what do you call it? Uh, president, but president. it could be ED. Just the ED. Same. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I just supreme ruler. Supreme there it supreme is. ruler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just get more creative. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> supreme ruler. Uh, so so I, I mean they could probably like use language that you and I, Todd, may not might not understand. Um, speak for yourself. I speak, <laughs> okay. I speak ED. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> president like language all the time. <laughs> is it, that's part of your job, probably. Dude, arts admin, man. Come on. Yeah, arts yeah. admin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, all right, James, close us out. What what do you what do you want to see? You know the the organization do over the next five ten years while you're in charge. Where, where do you want to take it? Uh, wow. That's, that's a, again, big question. You're like um, you're like off a cliff. That's it. Off <laughs> <laughs> a cliff. Preferably not <laughs> that. Uh, Blaze yeah. of glory. <laughs> no, I, I'll say this. Like, we got we got a, like an awesome staff, uh, an awesome group of people uh, working there. We got an awesome board of directors um, that really, um, you know, it's being valuable to the community. And then like, how can we increase that over the coming years? And has a diversifying our programming to be more valuable in the community and like being more accessible, uh, you know, like mattering more to more people in the community. And just like, what does that look like in our concert programming? So I think. Um, whether that means like increasing our marketing or increasing our relevance, I think you're going to see both uh, over the coming years. Um, and, and certainly you, you'll see us, we're, we're trying to be regulars at the Monarch and at Peary's and, and, and at some point we're talking about the amphitheater and to a lesser extent Snow Basin, perhaps we do, we do a show up there at least once a year. Um, and just being like more visible, more relevant, uh, and just, you know, uh, being in front of more folks and like, and serving like live, live performance to more folks. Would Ogden support, uh, the nutcracker in july you think no <laughs> is there a summer version of the nutcracker maybe isn't there i mean shorts? you could think of like swan lake or, or you know any one the of the other wearing uh, shorts and flip-flops they Ooh. certainly i will say they certainly support it on thanksgiving weekend uh ogden came out that's why I brought ogden it came we out went, massive it was, for it yeah it was they did come out massive we had, we had yeah. five thousand people come through reaver state uh thanksgiving weekend for, for it's probably because my daughter was in it absolutely saying, uh, yeah she was a soldier and yep so yeah. so uh one last question for you who is your favorite uh staff member uh who's your favorite <laughs> board member <laughs> <laughs> there's there's no, no right answer no, there's no doubt wrong answer are uh, uh no doubt i would say uh my esteemed colleague andrew who, <laughs> yeah, not because who he's is the live right studio audience this evening uh, <laughs> oh god that's funny uh, did you ever see the bus in uh, alaska I'm looking at the Into the Wild book. No, uh, no it's it, they moved, They hauled like, it out. I heard they hauled it's, it out. There's a, there's a whole like that's a, there's a whole vibe around that up there, and like how people feel about that whole thing. Yeah. It's it's like almost like a don't talk about it thing. Yeah. Though there's a very cool brewery, Forty uh, Nine State, that has like a recreated like little like Instagram trap with the like a fake bus, yeah. right? That yeah. you can go and do your yeah. and do your own thing with it. Hmm. Yeah, people have died trying to go see the yeah. bus. And it's yeah. probably not the best. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Did you have a list of events coming up, or did you mention them all that you're? Oh, we've got a couple coming up. Uh, so yeah, Mariachi Herencia de Mexico at uh, at Puri's. Uh, that's this coming Saturday, depending on when, when the podcast goes out here. Uh, a super epic concert with the Utah Symphony. Carmina Barana is like this. Is is a. It, you might not know the title, but you know the piece. It's uh, one of the first movements. It's called O Fortuna. It's like. It's in like hamburger commercials as oh. like the epic sound, yeah. uh, weird Instagram reels. Like it's super popular right now, but everybody's like, oh, that's O Fortuna. So uh, that, that'll be over at Weaver State coming up. Yeah, Ozzy Osbourne used to begin his yep. concerts with it. Yep. Well, for real? Yep. For real. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yep. It's, it's like, it's, it's one of the grandest pieces of classical music you can possibly hear. And they're going to have a huge, uh, hundreds of chorus members on stage with them. It's it's uh, it's kind of like a face melting classical music night. It'll be very cool. And now it's a famous Instagram reel back song. It really is. It's so. I saw, I saw one the other night. It was just like, like it was intended. Just <laughs> like it was originally. I, the other night I saw one. It was a dog getting its nails oh, clipped. Oh, Fortuna. It was like how much how much further can this go? 
Oh, just wait. Yeah. Oh, just uh, wait. James, do you, do you sit in right there and run the Instagram account for On Stage? Like, no, 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 no. We've, we've got a, a, a Camille and Avery, awesome communications department over there, and uh, do do a good job with that. Okay. They don't want me. Go, they don't want me with my fingers on that. No. Oh. Yeah. I think so. Did you announce Nutcracker last year? Not twenty twenty two, but twenty twenty one in the fall. Uh. So, I mean, we, we do have a traditional relationship with Ballet West, so they're just kind of here. Yeah, but you, like, personally, were you on stage last year? Was I on stage last year? Oh, yeah, I would have been, yep. Yeah, because that was my first impression of you. Because you got up there, because I think you'd been here like a week. Yeah, yeah, like What's your weeks, impression? Yeah. Pretend he's yeah. not right here beside us. Yeah, I'll tell you. I mean, I'm <laughs> honest. Because he got, it was, it was brand new executive director, and he got up there, and he didn't have notes. And he's like, all right, here's what's going on. And he, like, lists all these things. I'm like... That dude can either memorize fast or he is the best bullshitter I've seen. So, <laughs> yes. One of the, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you are right, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I was impressed because you knew your stuff already. Like, it was really fast. And you were naming, I think you were going through like sponsors and stuff and like with didn't use the cell phone. You listed every cast member <laughs> by <laughs> name, yeah. character. Yeah. I whistled the, a few of the tunes. Very great. Yeah. yeah, very, very. Yeah. yeah so, that was my first impression. No, I mean, I mean, uh, appreciate that. You have, I've had, I've, I'd had the opportunity to do like a, a few of those in the past, and like, uh, yeah. that, that's one of those things where you either think it's a perk of the job or a punishment of the job, and like, yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's fun enough to announce what's so. going on, yeah. what's yeah. coming up, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. In in front of a lot of people, and not shy, just got you know came right out, and and I knew you were new to the to Ogden, and came right out on stage and just let it out, and I was like, okay, good pick on stage, good pick, yeah. <laughs> I'm also really good with Excel sheets, uh, for, <laughs> <laughs> for when well, that's where the Andrews, Andrews like, oh God, is he? Oh my God. That. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tell me more about Excel sheets. Uh, yeah. <laughs> on that, on that transition. The whole Microsoft suite or just Excel? <laughs> just, I'm a Google man myself at this point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, John, welcome back to the studio. It, it feels really good that you're, it feels like we're whole again. Uh, you're, you're here. Um, tell me. Tell me about this whole gravel bike thing. Like you're actually, you, there's races that are meant, what is a gravel bike and how is it different from a mountain bike and a road bike and why, why are the races significant, that kind of thing? Well, f uh, first off, when it comes to John and riding bikes in general, I'm a sporting guy. Like I do it maybe for fitness. You know, I had my knee replaced and so I had to do something. And so I went and bought a gravel bike because I, uh, you know, I, as a runner on the Shoreline Trail in Ogden, I would always um, publicly and privately just always scorn the mountain bikers and like, man, this just <laughs> trails for me and my friends and you guys are, you know, uh, yeah. making me move. But no, they're great. So anyway, point is, is that I don't know a ton about uh, cycling. I thought I could do gravel because I enjoy the mountains, but I don't really know how to ride technical stuff. So I'll just buy a road bike with fatter tires and I'll just ride up and down like Farmington Canyon. And that's what I started off doing. And then um, the story I told you guys before we got started is that, uh, you know, between Striders, my old running shop, and Zach Chatlin, Chatlin's uh, uh, Biker's Edge, uh, there is some friendly um, rivalry about, uh, you know, who's actually the better athlete, cyclist, or runners. And, you know, he has thought was uh, running is for criminals, and my thought was, well, anybody can ride a bike. I mean, you know, look at all the... <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the non-marathon looking bike riders. And so uh, I thought, well, I'm just going to grab a bike. I'm going to 
find a race with a lot of climbing and go try it. And I uh, went to the Beaver to do the Crusher and the Tusher. And uh, I was embarrassed with how hard that was and how much walking and actual running I had to do with my bike next to me. I mean, it was like I took my bike for a walk. So it's hard. So Was well, that your first race? It was, yeah. Oh, my God. It was, yeah. It's, it's like nationally known as one of the toughest races oh, wow. in the United States. Well, and John, you ran ultra races. So you ran races that are 100 miles in length, 50 miles in length. And so you're used to in the endurance sport. So what, what was it about the crusher that crushed you? Well, I just got off of hard rock, right? Well, I finished hard rock in 2013 and you saw me uh, burn out at 2016. And so yeah. in 2017, I wanted to do like a hard rock esque type of event and, you know, something I didn't have to go run or train a lot for. All I had to do was just go buy a bike. And that's what I thought. That's all I had to do. You know, I mean, I'm a hard rock. That's literally all you have to do, right? <laughs> yeah. No. I did hard rock. I can do the crusher and the tusher. So, and what's, what's hard rock? Uh, hard rock is a hundred mile uh, mountain race in Silverton, Colorado. It's uh, it's either run on your, on your feet. On your feet. Ugh. You could do it on your hands, but I would recommend. The elevation of hard rock is. is it's like 29,000 feet. Yeah. 29? 29. It's like running uh, from sea level to the top of Everest. Oh, that's the vert. But what's like your average elevation? Oh, yeah. It's like the 11,000. It peaks yeah. at the highest. The peaks point. are around 14. And so you're. I want to say the highest is uh, Handy's Peak at 13, 13. something. Yeah. yeah. So it's up. Yeah. It's up there. Yeah. 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 Okay. But. Okay. So you were humbled. And that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm enjoying the cycling, the bike riding, and uh, I'm I'm humbled at uh, you know the amount of effort it takes, just if not more effort on the bike as it does you know running. So it's it's tough. It, there's a lot first. of tech and you know figuring out tires and wheels and rims and chains and are you gonna are you gonna run again or are you sold like you're just gonna stick with bikes now? I'll run again. You know, I still have uh, some unfinished business, both at uh, Hard Rock and Wasatch and the Bear. Does Hard, does hard Rock know this? Does the Bear know this? <laughs> oh, they both know it very well. <laughs> they all know. Kristen doesn't know, but uh, well, she, she will. She knows. This yeah. podcast is public. Yeah. So it's yeah. Okay. But in the meantime, you know, my two brothers have uh, gotten into mountain biking and gravel riding. So it's been a way to connect with them and, you know, have some family fun that you know, doesn't involve saw walk off. Do you think you can do, I mean, I, I've never run ultra, well, I did like a 50 K, but I've never run ultras that were like 50 miles or hundreds. I don't know how I've seen, I've seen people who are older in their sixties and maybe seventies do it, but I've seen, definitely seen seventies and 80 year olds run marathons and stuff. Um, but what about bike racing? Are, are older people bike racing more now? I, I see a lot, James. I, I love your comments on this, but I tend to believe that, uh, like in ultra running, some of the, the toughest competitors in these events are your 50 and older, definitely 40 and older athletes. So, yeah. I mean, I don't go up and ask ages, but uh, I see some old uh, guys and gals out there, and they're certainly getting after it. And, yeah, so... I'm always impressed when um, I see people that I'm like that person not only uh, can walk, uh, but <laughs> but is running an, an ultra race at their age or, or whatever. And, and it's, 
you know, whenever I felt bad for myself, and I did it mostly, I was in my 30s when I was doing it, and now I'm in my late 40s. But I, when I was out there in my 30s and seeing these people, it was it's such an inspiration to see. Uh, it really makes you like think, okay, I felt sorry for myself because I didn't train hard <laughs> enough or something, you know, and these people are crushing me. I also learned the that slow and steady does win the race a lot of yeah. times, so which is crazy. Yeah, uh, you know, at Striders, I always said you have seven years as a competitive marathon or road runner, and then after that, your body starts to break down or revolt, and then you just retire to ultra running. Because <laughs> <laughs> the dirty little secret there, it's, you know, it's a lot of hiking, moving fast in the mountains, but it's not running like a marathon. You know, it's just not as hard but i did learn you know i've learned more through cycling that i did with running that nutrition can definitely help win races and that's something did you, did you bonk uh i i i don't know i tend i don't know if it's because i am older but uh i do tend to bonk more did tend to bonk more on the bike than i mm -hmm. did running and i don't know why if it's more of an anaerobic type of thing you know just the slow grind sometimes on a on a long uphill on a bike but yeah um, yeah, dialing the nutrition. And I wish I would have figured that out sooner, you know, when I was doing all the ultra running. But you know, that's that's. Do you have tips? What do you do? What do you do? Uh, well, uh, I, I I definitely, you know, in ultra running, I'd always go into it with uh, the thought that you know whatever I do, um, the day of the race or while I'm running, you know, when I'm consuming and calories. Uh, but I never really paid attention to. Uh, uh, you know, my body is really not responding well to, uh, you know, all these 300 calories and yeah. an hour and I got to drink all this. But, you know, what I'm doing uh, lifestyle wise eating um, tends to do better. So I'm on the bike and, you know, I'm, I'm eating better. And um, I kind of I've read that book and I forget the author, but and I might get it backwards. But Sounds it, like it's going to be a good, solid reference. Yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll find it. But the title, if you Google it, it's uh, uh, feed, your, uh, feed Your Gut, Protect Your Liver. And, ah. yeah, just to sum it up, it's just eat real food, whole food. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. I mean, your body can go a long way just on, you know, burning fat or – but you don't need to consume all these calories and, you know, crazy uh, science project food. Have you As you look straight across to our green room snacks, this is, yeah. Where, yeah. Because this is what musicians need. I ate yeah, a lot of that kind of stuff thing. on these ultras. Yeah. You know, you pull up and it was just like, uh, you know, the worst junk food uh, buffet, you know, at Hard Rock. You'd get there and you'd have stuff like, you know, bacon and beer nuts and licorice. and. I remember I did the antelope race once and mm -hmm. does hard rock do things where they just have raw like potatoes in they, they salt? do and they ha i remember they have a, a soup that's really like a potato soup that mm -hmm. or potato and onion soup that was really good and satisfying and hot in the middle of nowhere you know so they do have some wholesome type things there but uh i mean just a lot of cokes and so you probably miss the best seller uh, rum will get you there. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you read that? What's the name of your source? <laughs> Made it up, but it got me there. Yeah. So it's Brandon's Bible. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, yeah, cause you're, you're, you're very health conscious these days, uh, which is good. Well, and the reason is, uh, as James will attest to in biking, like it's expensive, it's an expensive sport and you're always just trying to, you know, lighten your frame and it's yeah. easier to lose a few pounds and to go buy, 
you know, some carbon rims. So what race are you doing next or what's on the agenda here? Uh, the next is with my brother, Brad, we're going to St. George to ride the true grit mountain biking race. And then my brother, Michael and I are going to do the wild horse gravel race in, uh, Dale, Utah, which is out West desert. Mm -hmm. And you want, you're going to win. You're not going to just play. Right. <laughs> the Wolf Joves don't play. <laughs> I'm going out there to beat my brother Brad. And then I'm going out there to beat my brother Mike. <laughs> okay. The rest okay. of the lineup is not so important. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you the oldest? I'm the oldest. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. I'm going to be 50. I'm going to be 50. I'm going to be 50. Uh, uh, like eventually or this year? No, like in a few <laughs> weeks. <laughs> how, am I the old, how am I the old one? I'm the I old don't one know. The Are you the right oldest? Now. Because this past December, I just turned. Yeah. I, yeah, I never thought I'd live this long. This yeah, we didn't think yeah. you did or would. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised am. as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I think you're going strong. I think what we should do really quick, though, Brandon, yeah. for perhaps those that haven't been listening to the show over the last 10 years or you know however long it's been, is just a quick flashback. And, Brandon, maybe you can take us through a little bit of a timeline okay. of our history with uh, this gentleman, Wojo, right here. Wojo? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Wojo, um, I was working at Gear 30, and he just walked Do in. Do we have a, a time frame? When was this-ish? Well, Gear, well Gear 30 opened in 2012, okay. and next to uh, Gear 30, you opened, when did you open Striders at that location? In uh, 2013. 2013. Yeah. So John was there about 10 minutes before he came over and said, hi, I'm John. I was work at uh, Striders next door. Mm -hmm. um, and then... Uh, he just walked over and wanted to be on a podcast that we were recording one day. I think, I think that's how it goes, right? Like you, you just came up, we were recording and he's like, hi, what are you doing? What are you doing over there? Like, and be on your podcast. <laughs> it says it like that, which is 100% accurate. It's like, man, and the rest just Wojo, history. just John guy's a jerk. Come on in. <laughs> Hello, I'm John. I'm going to send it on the podcast. And then we started a show. He's, yeah. and then, cause it was great. He started, he's like, well, I want to do, I want to do my own show. And so we're like, yeah, he's like, I've okay. listened to your shows, which are all shit. And I really do want to start my own. On this. <laughs> but I see that you got some of this gear already. So if yeah. you could, yeah, Todd's which, always been the funny one. Which oh, is, oh 100%, which, which is fair. So it was like, okay, okay, let's do that. And so he starts his show. It's called Mr. Goodyear's Neighborhood. And I have the poster and it comes up in my memories all the time too, of when we had, we had Bill Allred, you had, you had Bill Allred on your show, which was a big get. And we had a party at the Gold Foundation. And I remember I drank way too many of those whiskeys in beer. I don't know what the hell that was, but I was sloshed during that podcast. Yeah. Um, and, but you had a good run there with Mr. Goodyear's Neighborhood. Yet you, you interviewed some awesome people. Yeah, it was fun. Mr. Goodyear's Neighborhood, if you remember, uh, we named it after Miles Morris Goodyear, who was like the first mountain man to establish the area. And so the thought behind it was, uh, and we invited Bill on because I don't know if they still do, but on Next 96, they had the, uh, you know, know the people in your neighborhood, which is kind of a playoff of Mr. Rogers. So I thought, we'll just do the show and we'll just kind of interview, you know, prominent people in Ogden and, you know, have them tell their stories. And, you know, the, the, my evil plan was just to, help it gain some attention for striders we, you know we i didn't want to talk about running or shoes or the whole bit i just wanted to you know be involved in the ogden community and i thought well this is a good way to do it without you know being overtly you know come buy some shoes from striders i thought i'll just you know well you're good at evil plans i mean <laughs> you're you're i mean clarify the beginnings of like striders involvement your involvement with the ogden marathon 
Yeah, so Strider started in Layton, you know, and uh, we started that in 2003, 2004, and my lovely bride, Kristen. You know, it's an interesting story in how that started. So uh, we opened Striders, and I reached out to the Ogden Marathon just to, hey, you know, we're open, and, you know, how can we get involved in the marathon? And at the time, the, uh, the marathon's always been owned by the city, but it was organized by an outside Salt Lake company, and the guy's name, I'm failing to remember, but... Anyway, long story short, uh, they, the, the city wasn't completely satisfied. You know, they were thinking bigger for the marathon, and, and uh, he was just trying to think of a way to pay his bills. Right. This is the short story. The short story. <laughs> the long story short, uh, I went to a planning Ogden Marathon meeting, and uh, they said, this is great. You know, we'd love to get a running store involved. Uh, could make sense. Yeah. So I volunteered my wife, Kristen, <laughs> to, you know, start going to the planning meetings. And, <laughs> you know, if you know my wife, Kristen, it doesn't take long before she's like the race director. And it didn't yeah, take long. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, she was she was directing the first versions of the Goal Foundation Ogden Marathon. And, you know, I'm proud to say she took her from, you know, a few hundred runners to a few thousand runners. I mean, she grew up from like 300 runners to 10,000 runners and added the half marathon and did a lot of great things and it was her idea to you know start the winter racing circuit and yeah the winter racing circuit which is coming up mm -hmm. is it still because because striders is gone yeah striders yeah. is now fleet feet yeah but uh yeah i think that i don't know what they're calling it i don't think they're calling it the winter racing circuit you know we sold it to the gold foundation as the okay. winter racing circuit they changed it to the winter race circuit and then, um, you know, we bought it. Big from, difference. Big difference. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, we bought it from uh, Kurt, and, uh, Kurt Black, Mark Jolly. You know, they were both former runners at Weber State, and they had stride racing. And, you mm. know, they started it off as the Northern Utah Training Series, nuts. Mm. And then, uh, you know, we bought it from them. And then they went and bought the, uh, the first a timing chip system and then we contract with them to time the races and it was a cumulative race thing we put it on the usa track and field circuit and it was a lot of fun we did it in the middle of the winter time we added all the hills in ogden and it was fun it was good times and i have another story about john i went to i went to snow basin one time to because because they were what was the meet well i don't know what the meeting was about but it was like they wanted to do a, a race up at Snow Basin, and the Snow Basin management at the time was not willing to lease the land or let the land be used by race directors because the argument was, which is still the case, it's like, okay, well, someone's going to pay $10,000 for a wedding. I don't want to have a race going on up here. I don't and, want to see yeah. a Porta John, you know. And, yeah, a Porta John and stuff. My, yeah. And John pipes up and he says something like, I'm just trying to sell shoes. I'm just trying to sell shoes. <laughs> I'm trying to sell shoes. And I, and I wanted, I want to do this race. And I was like, that man just trying to sell some shoes. <laughs> yeah. We were trying to put together and I still think it'd be a great course, but we were trying to start a race at the, at Buse trailhead, run up the mountain Ogden and then down through snow basin, uh, and then down Wheeler. Um, and then up, South Skyline to uh, Lewis Peak, and then down to the Divide, and then up to uh, Ben Loman, and then down at North Fork. You're clearly just making this up as you go right now. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of places. It's well, like, it's, so, like, it's only 50 miles. We could do an out and back, and it could be. You yeah, know. but do you think because I mean, Snow Basin's growing now, and there's the Forest Service, is you, do you think something like that will ever happen in Ogden because of the current ownership of 
land and mountains and maybe stuff. maybe and i'm not gonna lie and i'll admit it i mean the reason i took that job at snow basin years ago was just to make some uh connections there and <laughs> yeah yeah you know, some goodwill and so I, I think it's possible i think it's possible yeah. for sure i think timing is right because you know a ten thousand dollar wedding at snow basin back then was expensive now it's a bargain so mm -hmm. i mean you're still gonna have to deal with that and you know that's primarily a lot of their summer spring businesses events and yeah. you know so i mean you know you time it right it could, it could happen so yeah it could happen okay. if anybody wants to uh put that race on i will certainly advise but uh yeah that's <laughs> yeah. they're a lot of work i'm not raising my hand that sounds like <laughs> no. a lot of work no uh i have a utah safety hat in here you want to give a little plug because if i remember right when when uh you first came on uh pitching your podcast um, we sort of restructured, uh, became Bayonet at that time. I think it was part of your 10-year plan is your current <laughs> job. <And> so, <laughs> Sell Striders, so, get fired, and then go, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're pretty much checking off literally yeah. everything. Yeah, everybody. Yep. Yep. And then what? president of uh, the Utah Safety yeah. Council. Yeah, so this is, uh, you know, my weird career. So uh, yeah, you know, out of Weaver State, I wanted to be a police officer and did the whole academy thing and then Ogden City Police Department and realized oh, I'm not going to be a very good cop at all. So Far too nice. I think he's a better <laughs> criminal, to tell you the truth. <laughs> 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 These like, guys are a bunch of rule probably make, him, make yeah. good cops, yeah. So I ended up uh, at iOmega, if you remember iOmega, Zip yeah. Drives. I was their safety manager, you know, out of Weaver State from 2000. Oh, it's in your blood yeah i was there in 1996 to 2003 and then when i omega started having you know business problems they laid me off and i took my ten thousand dollar severance package and i opened up striders with it mm -hmm. so the joke in the family is oh john you know he's like homer simpson the safety guy over there at uh <laughs> <laughs> and then i started selling shoes and it turned into the al bundy thing you know <laughs> feels like you're not getting the respect you deserve here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 so, so anyway yeah just the right amount of respect. okay okay Safety to shoes, and then uh, you know after uh, Striders, I I was kind of a bum for a while. I thought it was great, you know. We uh, lived in a van down by the mm -hmm, river in mm -hmm. uh, Sedona for a minute, and then, yeah, for and real. I, then yeah. I bounced around, and you know that was really the real reason why Mister Goodyear's neighborhood really wasn't sustainable. Is I just need to figure out the next phase of life, and I just couldn't commit to that. Yep. But yeah, and then I landed at the you know the safety council job. You know, like you, I saw it on Indeed, and I thought, oh, yeah, I remember safety. Let's just you know let's put in for this and see what happens. And I remember safety. <laughs> no one's gonna hire me to be a president of anything, but yeah. So I yeah, I've been there for four years now, and you know we're a chapter of the National Safety Council. We do a lot of traffic school so if you get a specific type of citation from a uhp officer you'll come you'll come see john you know i do have a small question what what did a safety officer for zip drives consist of what what would what did you do for that yes. well because yeah. i'm trying to think because i in a box somewhere i still have one of those zip drives right so i can i can understand the sheer safety of just not getting hurt on that beast <laughs> of a hard drive and the discs themselves no, were this big like uh you know, we used to build those, manufacture those drives in Roy. So there are several hundred employees that would show up every day and they would snap these things together or glue them together. And we had an R&D lab and with lasers and, you know, just a thousand different, in a warehouse and forklifts and just, uh, you know, thousands of ways to get hurt and killed. And so, you know, as I Omega grew from the Bernoulli drives to zip drives, it went from a $300 million a year company to a $2 billion in literally, it's you know, a big company. months. Yeah. 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 So... 
they they needed a safety person and um i was i uh, i was being mentored as the safety manager at clearfield job Corps center that still exists what is it about you you think that you that you respond so well to that career path like to to doing that particular i mean is it is what do you think it is because we know you pretty well um but i'd like to hear it from you well i mean i i take pride in um I like helping people. It makes me feel better about myself. And, um, you know, I like helping people and cats. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> people tend to, you know, feel they the trust me. The people pays better than the cat. Yeah, cat, yeah. yeah. People trust me and cats trust me. Yeah. I don't know why. And I'd, I'm really not, you know, a super fan of either one of them, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they tend to migrate toward me and just kind of purr and paw and, you know. It's got to yeah. be an attention to detail gig too, right? Like... Definitely, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. I still remember. I still see people that I sold shoes to, you know, 15 years ago, and I still remember their size and the shoe it was, and I'll ask them. It's like, hey, you still running in the launch from Brooks? It's, you know, the ninth version now. How's that going? And, yeah, I don't remember their name sometimes, but, you know, I remember the shoe size and what shoe But you remember a foot. I remember, remember a foot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Never yeah. forget yeah. a foot. Did you ever fix those bunions? Or yeah, like, uh, <laughs> somebody's talking to you. They're like, my eyes are up here, God. My eyes are up here. You're just looking straight down at their feet the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, bring it full circle because now we got a podcast at the Safety Commission. Yeah, so uh, the Utah Safety Council, we... Uh, council. Yeah, council. Um, you know, we do a lot of, th you know, traffic and first aid CPR and OSHA and MSHA and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, one of the things that uh, we needed to do is, like, just kind of solidify the community. And I thought, you know, I wish we could do the same thing we did at Striders because the podcast with Striders and Ogden really worked in getting us out there and establishing the community. And you know, I know we had some history at the marathon. We did some things in Ogden ahead of that. But the, but the podcast, even though we really weren't even talking about shoes and running and training and nutrition, we were just talking about the people in Ogden. It really helped. So I thought – Oh, let's try it with the Utah Safety Council. So uh, there's uh, the L Utah Labor Commission. They have this workplace safety grant program where you can submit a grant. Like, hey, I want money for this project. So uh, I told the people around me, my board, that, hey, I'm going to submit a grant to the Utah Labor Commission uh, to have them fund the podcast. You know, they don't, they don't pay for computer stuff or electronic equipment, but I think it could go a long way in telling the safety story and help save lives, you know, just, uh, you know, by telling the stories of people in safety that don't really get any attention. Right. And so I submitted this grant on a whim and they, they said yes a year ago. And so, uh, Brandon, you know, I looped him in right away and he helped us uh, uh, acquire all the equipment because I didn't know what it was. And so yeah. he helped, you know, this is your shopping list of things you need to get. And, and then, uh, you know, I, in the grant I wrote, okay, we're going to need to, you know, have some sort of expertise, uh, you know, podcast engineer. And, and so that's how we, uh, you know, looped in the Banyan Collective is I really just wanted to flip a switch. Like I didn't want to try to reinvent stuff. So what I told them is, you know, there's people and businesses like the Banyan Collective out there that can just, you just turn them on and we can What go. did the uh, Safety Council do with all of those years worth of like training and like safety VHS tapes. Because uh, <laughs> I imagine those were probably used right before the podcast was 
was started. We still rent them out daily. <laughs> I am not kidding. I am not kidding. In fact, if you go to the Kennecott Copper Mine, one oh, of the, I have no doubt of that. <laughs> you know, if you're a visitor, if you're going to work there, you have to go through this, uh, you know, uh, 24-hour class to get onto the mine. But if you're a visitor, just to take the bus to the lookout area, you got to sit in this room. You have to push in the VCR. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. Well. We we have a, and that's another labor commission grant. We every year we buy more DVDs and v, we still have a, several working VHS. VHS to players. podcast. Yeah. That's it. Just yeah. skip yeah. everything between. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be surprised, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, construction companies that, you know, do their safety briefings in the middle of nowhere, they just uh, pop in a VHS tape in the back of the truck or a DVD or, because they don't have like YouTube access. Yeah. You know? So yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they, they play a tangible media and yeah. So we still have them. You joke, but yeah. Just barely joking. I, I yeah. think there's always the truth behind the joke. No, yeah, for, yeah, for sure. John, welcome back, man. It's it's good to have you on a microphone, uh, not as part of the this the safe the safety council, but uh, with us. So yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Thanks, that's, thanks that's for joining fun. us. Appreciate yeah. it, uh, Todd. I have an update from the Ogden Avalanche. Oh um, yeah, for this week. So let me just go ahead and I'll switch the camera here. I think, and then I'll go ahead. Is and... this Corey's sweet voice? <clears throat> <laughs> okay, sweet. <laughs> We're here with Corey from Ogden Avalanche for this week's Ogden Avalanche update. Corey, we've got a lot of heavy snow, rain. What's this doing? How's this impacting our terrain, our backcountry snow? Yeah, man, it's been a heavy week, literally and figuratively. Uh, lots of snow removal here in the valley. Um, this last storm that we got last night, Ben Lomond actually received 21 inches of snow, I believe, with almost four inches of water, which is a lot of water. Um, and then going into last week, we had another big thunk too with around the same amount of water, almost four inches of water. So good for the reservoirs and actually pretty good for the snowpack long-term, but short-term, um, it's a lot of, lot of weight to overload a oh, semi-weak snowpack. Um, we did see the walls sort of come off on last Friday with our last big wet storm. Um, the rain in the, the bottom of the Ogden Valley, like in Eden, it was raining. But once you came out of the Ogden Valley at all, it had started snowing. Uh, but yeah, we saw a lot of avalanche activity on that um, at Snow Basin, at Powder Mountain, um, as well as the North Fork area, especially. Um, we're going to hit the slides here. We got some photos of them. So this is Chili Peaks Labs. Um, they both came out, zero G, and the one to the left uh, ran full path naturally on Friday, I believe, um, during the heavy wet storm. And then this one here on Rodeo, I believe it would have been Saturday afternoon sometime it was triggered because it's a much fresher crown um, with no precip on it. And then today, we haven't really gotten any viz to go up and see what kind of avalanche activity we might have had. Uh, Bailey Cabin also went naturally. And uh, last week, the Ben Lomond, like pretty much most of the Cirque was remotely triggered by someone skiing down the ridge from the summit. Um, so still, I wouldn't say touchy, but 
the likelihood of triggering a large persistent slab avalanche is there. I wouldn't say it's likely, but I wouldn't say it's unlikely either. It's somewhere in the middle. Um, and then throw on top the storm slab, wind slab, avalanche problems that we're going to continue to have with more snow. I mean, we're supposed to get walloped again tonight with another 15 inches of snow or so. Um, so yeah, just we're giving the snowpack a good thwack. And uh, the skiing and riding's been great, though. Um, all time, really. I mean, we're almost at 80 inch base at Ben Lomond, which is pretty cool. So here's our 91 inches on the ground at Ben Lomond on January 10th. That's pretty good for us. So, and then almost 20 inches of water. Is that what that says? Gotta get closer. Yeah, 20 inches of water, um, which is pretty cool. So. Good riding conditions out there. Uh, yeah. And then in other news, Brandon, guess yes. what's on Thursday? Well, I feel like we're doing a B Street series starts on Thursday. So I'll be there with the live stream. If you can't make it down to B Street, we'll live stream on uh, hopefully the Facebook and YouTube for Ogden Avalanche. Yep. Who's um, our first presenter? It's going to be Jim Steenberg, the professor of POW, Brandon. Professor of POW. We are, I don't know how you swung it, you know. We're lucky. We got him. Yeah, I finally I finally wrangled him in. So Jim Steenberg, he, he literally wrote the book on the weather in the Wasatch, and he also writes a blog called Wasatch Weather Weenies. Um, he's known around the world for his mountain weather uh, expertise expertise thank you it's like symposium yeah. i don't know make up a word <laughs> <don't know>. <laughs> yeah and if you're listening to this podcast and you tuned in because maybe you like the arts guest or something and you don't know really what we're talking about or what ogden avalanche is uh, we do have a website ogdenavalanche.org and also you can follow us on the instagram ogden avalanche at ogden avalanche i think it's or ogden abbey i think it's ogden avalanche at ogden avalanche and same with facebook um and then, yeah, but Avalanche Danger is going to be on the rise. It was high today, and uh, I bet it'll be high going into the weekend. Um, I don't think we'll tip the scales into extreme, but I could see us sitting at Avalanche Danger being high through Friday. So, okay. you know, make good decisions when you're out there with the rat race, too, especially at Snow Basin with the canyons probably closing again um, and sort of having some scarcity for the POW up at Basin with a lot of folks coming north from uh the counties to the south so be last, nice make good choices be nice and make good choices yeah last weekend snow basin sold or didn't sell out but ran out of parking that's <laughs> wild i know it's crazy who would ever thought that day would come yeah. but and go early Man. yeah yeah get there early um and yeah if you decide to enjoy the the backcountry here in the ogden mountains yeah just be respectful of the current avalanche danger with the amount of snow and water we've gotten. So, yeah, that's all I got for today, Brando. Thanks, Corey. Appreciate it. We'll see you on Thursday. And for those who can't tune in, we'll catch the uh, next update next week. Yeah. Sweet. All right. Thank you, Corey. Thanks, Corey. That was fantastic. He's so news. good at this. Yeah. What do you got? Anything? I think we should keep him around. I did want to mention one thing. And this was reminded this morning at our uh, Arts Advisory Committee meeting, which, by the way, I, I completely breezed through. I was, I'm, I was like five minutes late. I'm never late on those things. I felt bad about that. Uh, anyway, at, 
Hyperallergic. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It is a well-known online publication. Uh, it's a leading voice in contemporary perspectives on art, culture, and more. They combine around-the-clock art world news coverage with insightful commentary, which we gotta, we need more insightful commentary. Yeah. I'm just put the notes. Put that on notes. We need to provide more insightful, insightful commentary. commentary. Okay. okay. Anyway, they uh, singled out eight Utah art spaces that uh, – that you may not know about. And a couple of Ogden spaces made that list. Uh, I thought I'd go ahead and list those for you really quick. Um, 801 Salon, that's a Salt Lake group. Uh, Bazaar Bazaar, which is uh, another space that um, the Utah Arts Alliance does down in Salt Lake City. We're getting into the Ogden stuff. Gallery yeah. 25 made the list. Yeah. And, of course, the Monarch. And it was just the Monarch in general, which was kind of yeah. nice on this one. So they singled out and talked about the Ogden Contemporary Art Space. They must not know who we are yet. You mean us? Yep. Yeah. Well, the monarch, that oh, was the okay, overall. Okay. Yeah, okay. we're part of that list. And then uh, the last art space that they mentioned in this was a uh, gallery Moab, obviously down in Moab. So anyway, a nice little applause for yeah. these Ogden art spaces as well as these fantastic Salt Lake spaces as well, making national lists. I like it. Um, thank you so much, guests. We, we appreciate uh, having you on, um, James and John, JJ. Yeah, oh, thanks for I, having I get it. I get that. EDs. Yeah, all right. JJ ED. Yeah, we appreciate you having you on, learning more about what you do. Um, and good luck in this upcoming year. Thank you to Banyan One for powering today's episode of the Ogden Arts and Adventure Show. You can listen and subscribe to the Ogden Arts and Adventure Show on YouTube, on our channel. You can look for us on Facebook or Instagram, also Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We're on all the all podcast apps. And then we have a website, thebandycollective.com. You can find us there as well, Podbean app. Um, so you can DM us if you want to be on the show. And I have had next week's arts guest is from someone who'd reached out via Instagram to say, hey, can I be on your show? And it's awesome. She, yes, female tattooer, wants to come talk about running a tattoo shop as a female in, in, its, in a male-dominated world. So it's pretty cool. She'll be, it's Luna. She'll be our guest, our arts guest for next week. So yeah, DM us on Instagram, at Ogden Adventure. This week's outdoor jukebox, which we will leave you with, is a little something, again, from <clears throat> Future Ex-Boyfriend. Why? Because I like them and uh, two, because they're good. Uh, I so think you got a crush on Future Ex-Boyfriend. I, I kind of yeah. do, yeah. Uh, so let me get this back up. This is Hazy, as recorded during fan sessions. So we'll catch you on the next Ogden Arts and Adventures. Feeding in the Something just don't feel right. I got a bad feeling about this. Staring so they have right. This baby man, they don't be so.
Damn, good. Future ex-boyfriend. Thank Bad you very session. Much.